0: Build you can't handle the truth.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to Thursday night. Get right. Demetrius Knuckles ill. Thomas, free me on this Thursday night. We pray that everybody's safe, blessed, warm. Well, we definitely know that you're warm, cool staying cool, and most of all, just healthy and happy, man, in good spirits. Hope that you sit back, enjoy the show. We got something to go off on tonight, man. I'm gonna go off, man. I'm gonna go off. But before we get into that, man, just many praises and blessings to all those who's inflicted in this poverty thing, man, that we got going on. And uh, just pray that you guys keep your spirits up, your head up, and enjoy the show, man. So, D... D, what you got going on, D? Good evening, partner.
0: Man, great evening. Uh, hey, man, I'm breathing, man. And uh, one thing that I learned in this life since I've grown up is, as long as you're breathing, you got another chance. You know, because the only people that don't have another chance is those who are not breathing. So, I'm breathing. And uh, I'm feeling great, man. I, I just, you know, I'm I'm sending out condolences to a lot of families, a lot of friends who have passed on in the last few days. You know, my little cousin was just found uh, dead just a few days ago. A uh, little young girl. She was she was 28. But so I'm sending out condolences and heartfelt prayers to all the families and friends out there. Who are being stricken by violence out there, who are who are being stricken by uh drug overdoses, who are being stricken by governmental oppression, who are being stricken by poverty and everything else that oppresses the very nature of humanity. That's what I'm doing, that's what we're doing, and we're about to have a beautiful show tonight, because as he said, he going in, I'm going out, and then I'm coming back in. Amen.
1: We got a string of followers and subscribers there. So thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, But absolutely, man. So Carly, Russell. Carly and Russell. What in the world have you gotten yourself into, girl? My goodness. And I'm, I'm not, listen, 99% nine sure that this girl done hoaxed herself into a corner and but there's still, I mean, there's still, because the oddity, D, of this whole story. But let me say that, I was just sitting there thinking before we went on, I said, you know what, man? You know how I know that this ain't real? You know how I know this ain't real? Because this story went global. This story went global. <laughs> and this, like, stories like that really, you know, don't don't go global when it happens to black people. I mean, that's just my opinion and my perception.
0: I agree, man, Uh, because, but see, the difference is is one element to this story that made, in my opinion, that made this different than any other uh, uh, story from a minority is the fact that as the story was initially told, it was a baby left alone in the road. That right there raises everybody's eyebrows and brings everybody's heartfelt thoughts and prayers into fruition right in that moment. And now everything else that comes after that can be false. Even though that part was false, but everything after that can be false and it only further preys on people's emotions. But to put the baby out there first is the easiest way to make contact with people's emotions. A baby was left in a road.
1: And that's the thing, man. I know that people use kids in certain circumstances because a child will instantly pull at somebody's heartstrings. You know what I mean? Like when you see a child on the side of the road or in the road or anywhere, a child by themselves, you really don't even think about The potential danger that could be behind that you're only just thinking about the danger that this child is in, but not what kind of potential danger that
0: you may be in. Absolutely, man. And that's why it was so intriguing. That's why it was so captivating. That's why it captivated the attention of the world, because we're talking about a baby who was lost in the road. Immediately. This is what my thoughts did. Immediately. I said, where the parents at? Where the mom at? And then immediately my secondary thought was, I hope the mother ain't strung out on drugs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and this is what I'm not the only person thought this. It's it's millions of people probably had this same thought process when we heard about a baby being left in a row. Mm. Yeah. And
1: people's like, well, how does a how does a child get off the side of the highway? I mean, it could have been one. A person could have been on the side of the road changing their tire. Maybe the baby got out of the car and they don't know. They changed the tire and and drove off. You don't know. You know, you don't know. But it's like, it's a golden rule if you're insane mind, you know, like logical mind. You you don't use children in gags. This is why you don't see Hollywood really won't even go to that extent to show children being killed and, and things of that nature. And when they do, like, it's a brutal movie you know it gets right. it gets hard reviews because people don't like to see bad things or hear about bad things happening to children so right. and then you know because i played the thing super slow mo and zoomed it in and you can see her getting out of the car walking around the car and being on the other side of the car for a good little clip and then all of a sudden just everything just goes silent you just see the eerie the eerily Flashing of the lights, just sitting there flashing. You know what I mean? And it was like some unsolved mysteries type stuff. I was waiting for Robert Stack to come out of the woods.
0: That's the greatest Robert Stack. (laughs) (laughs) That's, listen, that's, well, you know, as as they have said in the news, according to reports and investigative reports, she studied... The app basically, the uh, what makes up an amber alert? She studied this stuff, she read up on this stuff, she looked at the movie taken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, she studied this type of stuff to see what would garner the most emotions. I don't think that she was, she was that uh, I'm not gonna even say she was that deliberate because, first of all, I'm not gonna condemn a person like that because I don't know the emotional mindset. That a person was in. But you have to be in some type of. Insane. Or some type of deranged. Or delusional. uh, Mindset. To even fathom such a story. And then to. According to. You know reports. It says that it was all over. Her feeling alone. And left out. By her boyfriend. You know. So. When a a person. Because I. I know I know some people, man, and you've been locked up and I've been locked up. I know some people that done some treacherous and torturous things because they were emotionally imbalanced. And so in this particular case, me too, in this particular case, that's what I kind of see here. But we're not talking about we're not taking no responsibility off her because she's accountable and responsible for our own actions to what degree that's we're not the judge of we're just making a, a, a quick assessment based on the evidence that has been presented to the world we're making a quick assessment and giving our opinion based on that alone we're not saying she's guilty we're not saying she's not guilty we're telling you how we feel about it and that's how we feel about it yeah and, and
1: that's that's it. You know, so the the latest update on that is is like Demetria said, you know, they they started to the Alabama PD started to look into the prior events. What led up to this event? And they searched her Google searches and yeah, she's she's online searching, you know, how to how to purchase an Amber Alert. She's she's online searching. Yeah, the movie Taken um she's there was something else that she was online searching that that uh kind of just rang bells, but she was caught at her job, I believe taking money and address from the job so there was just some peculiar things she had she had said on the phone that or she sent some text messages that she was gonna stop and get some food. And supposedly along the route, she she had mentioned that she stopped and got some food, but there was never no food anywhere. So there's all these little peculiar things that just really kind of lead into the fact, like what you said, you had this girl who, for whatever reason, is craving for attention. She's a, a beautiful woman, a beautiful young lady. You know what I mean? So it's like how much, what kind of attention is it that you're craving? This kind of goes into what we talk about each week when we talk about How this entertainment system, you know, is really messing our kids' heads up and their whole thought process and everything behind that.
0: It's, it's, and, wow, wow, because I didn't even really think of that like that, but to that very point, when you say the entertainment, what did she go to? She went to entertainment, the movie, Taken, so now damn we have we have to think of it because when you think of I'm going to go all the way back to Columbine Columbine High School right uh Darren Klebold and and the other guy that you know did what they did at the high school they were studying something online movies when i mean it's so many incidents that just has happened in the last 2 or 3 years and each investigation has unveiled that they were watching or studying how some movie went, and so that's what they did. Even when a little boy, when a little boy, what did he do? Stabbed the guy at the park, or was cutting the guy up at the park, and he said that that monster made him do it. Yeah, for yeah, the video game. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man! This this stuff is.
1: And she bad. said, and she said that her assailants. Was she got assailed by a white man with orange hair? <laughs> Does that ring a bell, anybody? John I, Holmes, the Colorado I, movie movie theater I, killer, talking about I movies hate, and
0: and all of that. I hate to laugh at it, but come on, man.
1: Some people are probably thinking Donald Trump when they hear the orange hair.
0: <laughs> the orange, no, he orange face. <laughs> so <laughs> so listen, and the thing about it is that. <clears throat> And this is the real issue here. We know that men- we know that mental illness runs rampant. We know that it's coming out that so many Americans, and I'm just talking about Americans because we are in America, so many Americans suffer from some form of mental illness, whether mild or deep, some form of mental illness. And we're constantly seeing this mental illness that we suffer from played out in so many different ways and here is a way that is playing out but again we're not giving excuses out because at the end of the day if you have enough consciousness to go and study a movie to go and read a book or read online something if you have this much consciousness then we have to accord you some intelligence You have to have some intelligence to say, you know what, I'm about to go study the Amber Alert and see how the reactions are, see how the reviews are, see how they uh, operate. I'm about to go study Taken movie. This means if just the word that I'm saying study means that I am about to take mental thought into what's going on. I'm about to process this stuff. And if you could process this information. And you could execute what you process. Then you may be mentally ill, true. But you uh, you gotta you gotta answer to your uh wrongdoings. You know what well, I'm that,
1: saying? Well, that in my in my frame of mind, man, that makes you more of a dangerous human being because not only not only do you have the capabilities to slip off into some unknown fantasy realm, but you have the capabilities to be meticulous in your planning in Ooh. that fantasy realm, you know like these people these these mass shooters that are sitting there for a year just planning this stuff out, and it's like there's nothing there along that whole route from the inception of that idea to the to the stockpile of ammunition that you have in your room now, there's nothing in between there, no kind of filter that stops and says, "Hey, what you're doing is nuts." right and and right. that's what i'm saying so this this young woman is so entrapped into her own selfishness her own thought process of what she needed that she was willing to risk the lives of other human beings to 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 gain what it was that she was trying to get so how is our children and these young adults getting to that like you said she's in healthcare and just to just to correct from the comments, so she um she searched how to take money from a register and she stole a bathrobe and toilet paper from her job. And she's a healthcare worker. So it's just odd. Her, you could just see that the track record of her thought process is a little off kilter.
0: I agree with that, man. That you said uh, roll of toilet paper, man. Come on, man. A wrote in a bathrobe and a bathrobe. And she's, she worked in the healthcare field. But again, I want to say this here, man. And I want us to really think about this. And I, I don't want us to throw, throw uh, <clears throat> the darts and knives and the bricks and sticks at her right now. I want us to really think about this. What, what caused her to have that break from reality? Because, sure, we can condemn her and say that what she did was uh, wrong according to us and all this other stuff. But that don't deal with the problem that we keep seeing repeat itself right before our eyes on the news in our personal lives. So my thing is that. I would like to try to find out how can we prevent this problem from continuing, this mental illness from continuing. How do we arrest that mental illness before it overflows and it comes out in a manner like hers did or in the manner like this, the young boys at the school just recently or in Michigan up in Saginaw, the little uh, 16-year-old just got killed. Or when the, the boy in Michigan just strangled the little girl, two-year-old girl, with a uh, with a phone charging cord, and at what point do we? And I'm just playing devil's advocate. At what point do we say, man, let's deal with this issue of mental illness? At what point do we say that we're going to deal with this issue of mental illness? Sure, we got the incidents that already occurred, and they must be they must answer to their uh, crimes. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about preventing this repetition. Preventing the next person from allowing or or being uncontrolled in their mental illness to where it causes them to do something similar or the same thing as Carly did or these other people are doing around us. When do we say that we got to step in and we got to step up and we got to take charge because when someone can't think for themselves, there's always someone waiting in the wings to think for them. And that's why the prison system is the way it is today. Mm. Because sometimes a lot of us couldn't think for ourselves. So the prison system was like, wow, I got him. I got her. She can't think for herself. We going to think for it then. Lock up when we say lock up. Shower when we say shower. Eat when we say eat. Sit down when we say sit down. So again, at what point do we begin to take a real look at mental illness and try to understand understand what drives these individuals to uh, have that breakdown, what triggers them, so we could help prevent the next tragedy from happening to where a baby is kidnapped, a baby is left out on the road, because it actually happens. It just happened in Detroit. Two children were just found walking up the street by themselves. Like two years old,
1: well that goes that goes to my point, you know, in the beginning is why did this go national news when there there are real instances like what you just labeled all of these these children that are involved in why isn't that going national news? These are real events, so it again, ah this the way that life is right now, man, it's like I question everything that is going on. I question everything that's going on because I know that these pockets run deep and how do we know, how do we know they're not reaching our children and promising our children some kind of whatever, right? Through some social, however they're they're reaching our children and getting our children to do these atrocities that they're doing. How do we know that we don't, man, we don't know what's going on. We're just left to assume so much, but then we get these odd things that are just coming out like this here, you know, and, and if you if you don't stop to question everything like this is Demetrius and I's point. And this conversation, again, you guys have to understand how, how this show for the listeners, for the new listeners on the radio, we do no pre-planning. This is not a pre planned show. We don't get together. We just say, hey, listen, all right, let's talk about this. And OK, let's run with that and I really right. had the intentions of coming in and 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 going in on this girl like I said from the beginning right because we'll we'll get into that in a minute but how this show forms is because you have two individuals who understand the root of the issue so when as soon as we start broaching the subject we we get to that root and that's that's where the show starts to form its its structure from each week right right? Because we understand, we understand a Carly's, uh, uh, the pressure on this woman. You know, we understand the pressure on these kids and and it leads back to her parents. She obviously has parents. She went home and she obviously has caring parents because of, of what's going on now. So how does something like this occur, right? Like you saw the TikTok about where the one guy, The TikTok that I made about addiction, where the one guy came on talking about how he would talk to his kids. His kids would never be addicted to drugs and his kids would never swallow a a lethal amount of drugs. And it's like you don't know what
0: your kids would do.
1: And this is a perfect example.
0: It's a perfect example, man, because her parents, her mother, her mother came on the news and said her daughter is not a monster. She ain't used monster, but right. she said all of this stuff, right? And we have to believe what uh, what the mom say. She say, I'm going to read it right here. She said, Car- it says, Carly's mom says they will not be bullied. Talking about her, they would not be bullied. So when, when a person he just even used that word, that tells me that at some point in time, they felt bullied. Because you have to know how bully feel in order to say that I'm not gonna it. be bullied. Right. right. You gotta recognize it, right? So that's what Carly's mom was talking about. It's just the fact that she had been uh, not she had been bullied, but they're not going to be bullied. And I really I, I honestly I think that what she did was horrible and it put a stain on so many. Amber Alerts and missing children and and parents who missed their children because the child ran away or got abducted, whatever the situation is. I think it put a very ugly stain on it. But as a parent. When a mother comes out and say that they're not going to be bullied. That says a lot because she's already said that her daughter was not a bad person. Her daughter was not this. Her daughter was not that. OK, we, but just like you just said, you know, we can say our daughter, not this, our son, not that and blah, 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 blah. And then next thing you know, but the evidence showed that your son been looking up this murder for the longest, for two years now.
1: And people get so, mad at me, D. People get mad at me when I use this reference, right? Because, you know me, I go hard. But it's, it's Jeffrey Dahmer's mother sat right on the news talking about how great her, her, her son is not a, my son is not a monster. He's a good boy. This is Jeffrey Dahmer's mother. Of course, <laughs> she's gonna say that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This, this dude was eating people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> ain't that ain't that crazy, man?
1: But that's I mean, and it, and I would say the same thing about my child as well. But it just goes into s- switching s- switching up now. Let's let's talk about. Uh, Jussie, Jussie uh, Smollett, you know, and that, and that, and that <laughs> scenario right there. How similar do you think this situation is?
0: Again, to me, to me, it all it all boils down to a, a person's uh, psychological state. You know, because, for example, or here's here's a perfect example. I, I know this person, right? And this person, this is a story that was told to me. So don't take it, take it with a grain of salt. But this is how the story was told to me. I know this person that he was messing with this girl. They was was in a relationship. And allegedly he likes to control the, he wanted to control the relationship and stay in control. So one day the girlfriend was at work. He called the girlfriend and he said, if you don't come home, I'm going to kill your son. The son was like 8, nine, ten years old. So what he did is he put ketchup all on the walls, right? Mm. So, so when she come home, after she heard him make this threat, and she come home and she see all this stuff on the wall, what do you think she thought? She didn't smell nothing. She seen something. Whereas... Well, I'm telling you right now, we would say, Well, you can smell ketchup. Yeah, you can smell it right now because we had calm state of mind. Right. But when you but but when you're adrenaline pumping and you is scared and you really don't know what's going on, you confused, you don't smell nothing. All you see is red on the wall, and you're thinking about the threat against your son's life. Right. Now, I'm saying all of that to say that I know this person and I know how mental illness really sets in on people it takes different forms so when you talk about Jesse Smuett the same thing this guy had a, a, a elaborate story it, very elaborate and he stuck to the story even when my man the uh the the, the one actor guy or whoever he was said no he paid us mm-hmm. and he Jesse smellett stuck with his story but that tells of a mindset. I don't care how much money a person makes, that don't change that that don't make them mentally ill or not mentally ill because they're a millionaire. A whole lot of them mentally ill, diabolic in some of their thinking. You know, so Jesse Smullett situation is 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 <laughs> almost identical to uh Carly's man. And it's sad.
1: Well, with that it, being said. Right, because you see how the black community rallied behind Jussie when when all of that occurred, so now I'm kind of seeing a backlash. I'm kind of seeing like like something completely opposite when it comes to the black community and 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 Carly now, why do you think that is because you have people that are like you know throw the book at her, she deserves everything after this here, so Why do you do you think that's because maybe she's a woman? She's a she's a black woman versus a black man, or what I mean, what what's your opinion on that?
0: I'm gonna go back to something I said before. Think of this. How many incidents have you heard like this where there was a baby as the poster of what's going on? A baby. She used the baby. As a woman bait. did. Yeah. She a woman used a baby. Yeah. As the bait to people's emotions. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, the, the first person who I remember doing this, because it's many, but I'm talking about one that stands out that became worldwide known, that did this, 1994. <clears throat> I, I'm going to tell you the incident, and you probably will know her name. I know her name. 1994, this... Uh, this car was ran into a river with uh, four four children in it. The lady said, a black guy carjacked her and drove the car over in the river with her children in it. 1994. Now, that right there, I, I remember that. Attention. First of all, it was a white female talking about a black guy and... She talked about not, she wasn't hurt. She talked about the children was hurt. So that right there caught, made everybody turn ire on any black guy that fit the description or didn't fit the description of what Susan Smith said. So now you take Carly, who, who put, used the poster child for her story was a baby. It it, it it attacked everybody's emotions. It touches everybody's emotions, rather. And now, again, everything she say after that, and in, in people whose heart has been touched by the baby, her everything she say after that touches the heart because she used the baby to touch the heart first. So, so now people are looking at it like this to me. I think that the difference between her and uh, Jesse Smullett is that Jesse Smollett, uh, people rallied behind him because it sounded it sounded viable, right? It sounded viable. His story sounded reasonable, but he was an act. He was an actor mm-hmm. on a well-known show. We don't want to see our brothers go down. The system is always against a brother, and then you take the sister who do something like this for, for people like us, who gotta walk through these neighborhoods, who gotta walk with our little grandchildren, little babies. We gotta deal with this. And she did something stupid like that? Man, we not supporting that garbage, man. Do what y'all gotta do to her, man. Mm-hmm. Because we the one gonna be arrested. People that walking around like me and you, we ain't got no money. Right. They gonna arrest us and ask us questions Take us downtown and say, well, you was over in that area, uh, uh Thomas Freeman. So you, you telling me you didn't see nothing, but the girl was right down the street. You didn't see nothing.
1: I might so, just happen to have orange hair walking by that time.
0: See what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why we take offense to this. Different story, man. That's
1: a good point. So yeah. what happens? What what if you're uh, let's 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 play this. You're the father. And, and and your twenty five year old daughter comes home, and in the midst of all of this, what do you do as the father?
0: You love your daughter, man. You know, at, at at this point, at this point, it make it makes you think about. Because I'm telling you, the situation that I told you about about the about I'm gonna kill your son if you don't come home. It make you really think about, in retrospect, any other incident, any other red flag that you missed. But even in recognizing that I missed that red flag and that red flag and that red flag, that's still my daughter. I got to do what I got to do to help her now because I feel partly to blame because I missed that red flag. But that's the sad thing about it with someone doing something like this is they don't know all the people that they traumatizing along the way. Got Mm -hmm. dad feeling bad. Mama feeling bad. Mama getting defensive on the news. You know, mama, mama drawing ire from people because she's defending her daughter. When all the time it all stemmed from the actions of her daughter, not someone else, the actions of his and her daughter. But again, it doesn't take away their pain because they missed the red flags.
1: But you, OK, so you as the father, how do you get your daughter to understand the, the repercussions of
0: what just occurred? Well. Someone just put in the chat. Oh, Rose, just put in the chat. Try and get her help. That's what a parent would do. Mm-hmm. Try to get her help. Because this was some very delusional, very psychotraumatic stuff that she did, and you can't, you can't take away from the fact that you are a father or you are a mother. You can't take that away. You can't take away from the fact that that's your daughter. So now, what do you do? You stand by your daughter. You stand by your son. And you give them the help that they need and you be there with them along the whole way of them getting help. Because at the end of the day, you want your child to be made as whole as possible again, if that's possible.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yvette. So Yvette's saying they need to get her help, the right help. And that her parents are saying that she's traumatized from the abduction. So what, what the abduction was, which, again, don't even make sense. If this occurred, the, the, the level, like, so she's saying that she was abducted, she was taken into a house, she was stripped naked, and they took pictures of her. Right. To me, that just, again, the elaborateness of placing a child out by the road and the randomness of, you don't know who's going to stop for this child, right? What happened if it was just happened to be a trucker? Truckers, truckers, truckers are loyal American citizens that, that would stop if they saw a, a child or, or call it in on their seat. You know what I mean? So what happens yeah. if it's a trucker? What, what happens to your plan then? The whole plan just doesn't make sense, all just to take pictures of her and then let her go or however she escaped or whatever. So, I mean, me as the father, of course, I'm going to lock my house down. You know what I mean? I'm locking my home down. Nobody's going nowhere. Nobody's saying nothing. We'll have food delivered if that's what we got to do until we figure out what the hell is going on with our daughter and sit down and and be like, Carly, what what happened? What's going on?
0: Have you ever believed and really stood on the belief that someone was trying to do something to you Even though you really didn't have the type of tangible evidence that you could pass along to somebody and say, read that and tell me I'm wrong. Have you ever had that feeling that somebody was doing something to you, but you did not have the evidence?
1: I'll tell you what. I was uh, in in Oklahoma City. I was I was a celly with somebody who was schizophrenic. And he hated taking the medicine. And he would go two or three days without taking this medicine. And it would just it would just be an occurrence, right? It would just, we would be in the cell. And one particular time that kind of really had, because this was a big dude, right? And it had me a little nervous, man. And he just looked at me with this far out look, right? And he said, did you hear that? And I'm like, did I hear what? He's like, through the vent. He's like, listen, this dude gets me up off the bunk and I go over to the vent and I'm listening. And it's not dawning on me that he's not on his, I'm, I'm, I'm in my my thing. So I'm sitting here listening and I'm like, man, I don't hear anything. He's like, man, these people just said that they were going to attack me after count. I'm like, man, them people ain't say, I said, I, I, uh, Corey was his name, Corey. You want your medicine? Ma'am, f that medicine, ma'am. These people going to get he would he would literally start strapping up, he would he would start putting magazines around him, start taping him up. He would, man, if you don't go with me, you're a a, a bitch ass, this and that. And I'm like, "Man, you need to calm down." Yeah. But in his mind, he he was preparing for war he thought that people as soon as they cracked that door he thought they were coming in at him now now in this you know in this in this scenario the door cracked right i went out first i, I told him i said man let me just go out here and see what's going on you just stay in the cell i know what i know what's going on i'm going to the guard and say listen man we need to get sight down here but i'm telling him cory man just just hang out in here let me see what's going on man don't go out here going all crazy. Just hang out. Yeah. And he hung out. I went and got the guard. The guard came up and they ended up getting, getting Corey down to medical, get him back on his meds. But that's the thing. How do we know that Carly isn't in, it Didn't she didn't have a schizophrenic
0: situation? Right. And because I'm see, I I know people, man. I have I have a cousin right now. Matter of fact, my cousin that they just found uh, dead uh, Monday, yeah, Monday, uh, she, she, you know, somebody slipped her something, and she just never came back from it. And so from then on, from then on, as the story goes, she never came back, and so, so she suffered from mental illness, right? I have another cousin. He suffers from mental illness, too. Except the difference is that when I see him, he tell me stories. Well, not he, it's not even coherent stories, literally. Right. It's nothing coherent. But if you just listen to him, you would be like, man, where is he getting this stuff from? Right. Because and in they his believe mind, it. in his mind, and that's why we can't take away, like, You know, we could say how, I I even said that it put a stain on people really telling their story that's being abducted and that type of stuff. It put a stain on. I could say that. But I could also, uh, as a man, say, as a responsible person, say that we don't know what was going on in her mind. Because in her mind, she felt that she was abducted. We don't know. Because if she suffered from any type of mental illness, as they have said that that she do, because they said that uh, they looked up in her file and she she suffered some stuff and that type of thing. And then it's triggered by a guy that she want attention from. And so now just think of this. They say she was triggered by a guy who did not acknowledge her existence, who was her boyfriend did not acknowledge her like she wanted to be acknowledged, right? So she felt alone, right? Think of this. I used the word she felt alone, right? Now she said a baby, a baby was left alone. Who was the baby? Mm. She was the baby that was left alone because no one wanted the baby that was left. This is just me because I've kind of heard people's story. She was describing herself on a road, left alone, and she did what the other people didn't do for her. She rescued the baby. And in the process of her rescuing the baby, she lost herself too.
1: Good God, boy, you, you you spot on, D, because when, when the first signs of, of mental health, a disconnection, in my opinion, I'm not a doctor, nothing like that. I'm just, I've been around a lot of mental health and, and I pay attention. But for me, the first sign of disconnection is self-projection.
0: Yeah, right. And
1: right, what right. you just described is self-projection. She's self-projecting. She's projecting, like you just said, she's projecting her pain into into this false reality for as a cry of attention.
0: Absolutely. Good i am tell you, I, I, as I, I mean, I'm just rationalizing this and conceptualizing this in my mind, and I'm just thinking about the very words, and because and I've heard the Jeffrey Diamond stories, I've heard the Timothy McVeigh stories, I've heard the Dylan Klebold stories, I've heard all of these stories, the Charles Manson stories, and and, and I've heard all of these stories, and, and every single story that I heard of someone that's, that the courts have deemed uh, uh, mentally ill and these type of things, they, I mean, for example, uh, uh was Norman Bates. Mm. Norman Bates kept his mother in that same chair that she always sat in for years, and he talked to his mother. Bates you Motel. Could, you couldn't tell him that his mother wasn't alive. Right. He, he dressed her every day. He dressed that lady every day. And he was, they say he was very intelligent. Right. But he still dressed her every day. And the things and the things that he did, keep in mind, although he took care of his mother, right? He took care of his mother all the way through her death. He took care of her. But he killed women.
1: He brought that his mother, yeah.
0: That don't even sound right. Because he was trying to get back for all the stuff that he felt that his mother did to him. How she left him alone, how she didn't nurture him, mother him. She said, Norman, you this, you that. So he began to develop a hatred toward women. But yet he took care of his mother, even while she was dead.
1: Trauma, man, trauma, listen, trauma has a connection to the brain that we 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 it's gonna it's it's gonna seep out of us in, in some aspect, man. It's gonna seep out of us in some aspect, and just to solidify like what D is explaining, I'm sitting there thinking I'm listening to you, and it's it's making me reflect on on different things. So, you know, when I was a child, I had an instance where my father and I've told this story several times, but this this here is to solidify uh, Demetrius's point right? There was an instance where my father had went and purchased a ring, ring of a lion. It's a lion face, right? He took me down. I remember it was a gold nugget ring and I was in the face of a lion. I had jewels in the eyes and all this. My father loved glitz and glamour and shiny things at that time, you know? So the ring came up missing and I was just a young child and I had three siblings that were much older than me. The ring came up missing, right? And I wore that day, I wore such a brunt of so many things that day that it left an imprint on me for the rest of my life because because that was my first that was my first welcoming into uh false accusations mm. right and 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 confessions under duress because my father was whooping my ass so much I got to the point where I just wanted the ass whoopings to stop so I'm making up all kinds of dad I threw it in the sewer dad I did it over here I'm telling them whatever I just wanted it to stop Mm -hmm. I was given a false confession at a young age but the point of all of this is Throughout my life, the I've had an infatuation with lions, the face of a lion, to the point that I got it tattooed on my hand. So I got it on my leg, I got lions, 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 uh-huh. right? And and the thing of it is is I never made that connection until somebody, a therapist, asked me one time, What what hand was it that your father wore that ring on? I said it was his right hand. I said, Whoa. It hit me, whoa. And he's like, and you got what tattooed on your right hand? I said, the face of a liar. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's these connections, right? And, 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 And what's so important about that is understanding that if you want to recognize your trauma, if you want to recognize what's going on in your life, You want your life to change. It's spun out of control. You don't know what's going on. All you got to do is just sit your butt down and just take a look around. Take a look at your tattoos. Take a look at your art. Take a look at what you've built around you and see if anything pops out that makes you, I don't know, reflect in some kind
0: of way. That's, that's, but see, that's what, like in Buddhism, the religion of Buddhism, that's what that's what's being taught. Uh, it says and it talk, talks about in Buddhism about learning to watch your thoughts, watch your thoughts like you watch TV, because if you are conscious of who you are, where you are, like I'm sitting down right now. I know this. I can close my eyes. And this is what we this is what is taught. And you're supposed to be able to watch your thoughts. You can see what thoughts are developing in certain different ways. You can see what thoughts are taking you in a direction that you don't want to go. You can see what thoughts are trying to take you in a direction that's fruitful for you and beneficial for you and others. You can see all your thoughts forming. That's how we're supposed to be trying to make contact with our traumas. We're supposed to be able to see them. Because I'm going to tell you something. We can just use anger, for example. I used to have an anger problem so bad, man. <laughs> I used to have an anger problem so bad that people that knew me back then see me now, And they'd be like, man, I ain't never seen you mad, man. Since you was real young. Because, and I have a whole lot of problems that I have to deal with. But we're not talking. We're talking about this anger. And we talk talking about... Trying to identify or, or make it uh, uh, uh use it to show how we can recognize our depression or trauma or stuff like that. I began to sit back when I was in that cell in prison. My attorney said the reason why, <clears throat> and these were some harsh words she said to me, but they were so true because it woke me up. She said the reason why you're never getting out of prison, fighting your own case. Is because you attach your emotions to the case. That's right. You just angry. You just angry. Mm-hmm. She said, the sooner you take your anger out of the picture, you're gonna be able to see the picture. Now, I'm saying that to say that we have to recognize, as you said, our traumas. I began to watch what triggered me. I began to watch what triggered me. I began to watch how I trigger myself because I poke my nose in other people's business and get and get mad at them when they say something about it. I began to watch all my thoughts that, that uh, I fed. All the negative thoughts that I fed, I began to watch them. And then I began to starve those thoughts. I starved them so much that those thoughts that were so full of anger, they they, they didn't control me anymore. Mm. And this is how we have to do our traumas. We have to. Listen, man, you talk about your father in that ring. I remember you telling that, telling me that sto- story a while back. And I talk about how I grew up. It's, it's, I grew up a very traumatic life. And people hear me tell the stories of Roaches in the cereal, but I didn't have time to pick out the egg, the roach eggs and the Rice Krispies. They all look the same to me. Mm. I didn't have time to do that. Right. And as a little kid, I didn't think about doing that. All I thought about is pouring that cereal in that milk that's probably going to spoil by tomorrow. We got to use it today. I want to pour that cereal in that milk and I'm not even looking at it, not consciously. And I'm just going to eat. I know we got roaches, but I can't think of it like that. Because as a kid, I'm in the lady when I'm seeing my uncles, aunts, cousins, brothers and sisters do. I'm Mm -hmm. just eating. So that's just one small trauma. But I can tell the story without tearing up, so to speak, because I recognize it now. You know what I'm saying? I recognize why I go in people's houses today and I'll be like, man... I hope they ain't got no roaches, man. Because I came from a house full of roaches. But I recognize it, man. And I never want another child to be all right with growing up traumatized. I don't want a child to grow up like that. Because I end up going to prison and save my life, right? The next guy might not have that opportunity growing up. He might grow up And pick up the gun and emulate that which you see in the movies or in the video games. So that's my goal is to stop this process from happening. Help these young kids out who develop mental illness based on their surroundings, based on their upbringing, coupled with the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Help them to rationalize that and separate it, be able to see it and not react to it. That's my goal.
1: Yeah, that's facts. And what you said, man, about about the court system and whatnot, I mean, that's that's 100%. And I just said that the reason why I got so excited about you saying that, man, is because I just had this conversation with somebody just the other day about how we we hurt ourselves more in our post-conviction relief because we are just filing emotionally. We got so much emotion in it. And the thing of it is, (laughs) like I explained to this person, it took me to understand, right, to to take a step back and look at everything that I filed and just take a bird's eye view of what was going on. I had to take myself out of that emotion because I realized that I was going down a dead end road. What I realized in that is that I am dealing with the epitome of narcissism. The criminal justice system is a narcissist. Yes, Its whole function is of narcissism. And me going in and trying to attack this court system to show that it erred would never, ever admit that it erred because it's a narcissist. And what it would do is as I'm attacking this court system, it's going to bury me so far because I am slandering the court system and it's a narcissist. So what I ended up having to do was exactly what you said, man, was take a step back and say, you know what? Let me try a different method. Let me try to rub, rub the court bellies, the, the, the court system's belly, and let me try to stroke its ego and say, oh, Mr. Court System, there's, there, there had to have been, the wind had to have blown the papers off this day, and there was no way <laughs> that you could have seen this because you and your, you, your supreme courtness would have saw this and no way would you have allowed this atrocity to happen in your courtroom. But unfortunately, this is what happened. And you have to let that court fix itself in such a gracious manner that it, it never is tarnished. That court is a narcissist, which means that it has to recognize its own mistake and fix it in such a way that it doesn't look like a mistake.
0: So in other words, we have, to, uh, we have to live with our traumas, re-traumatize ourselves, and, and I, I did it. I'm telling you firsthand experience, I did it. Uh, we have to re-traumatize ourselves just to appease them in hopes that they give us some favorable outlook some favorable result. We have to re-traumatize ourselves. And now I'm going to show you something, man. I'm going to show you something. Just just watch how I make this connection because I'm thinking about it as I'm talking. We re-traumatize ourselves just to appease somebody else because we want some favor. Ain't that what Carly did with her boyfriend? She traumatized herself and her family to appease someone just because she wanted to feel favored. That's what we do, man. And, and, and that's not to say, again, I don't want none of the listeners or viewers to think that I'm taking up for it. No, I'm not. I am talking about the everyday traumas that we go through and how we will sacrifice our own sanity just to receive favor from someone because sometimes especially for me and Thomas and people like us when you locked up when you locked up and you started that first year and next thing you know you look back and you got five years behind you then you got 10 behind you and you just keep looking like god dog you began to articulate learn words and phrases in a manner so you can articulate a way to appease someone, even if it means degrading yourself for the sake of your freedom. We did that. And I, I hate to say that I'm hate to even put it this way, but sometimes you gotta do that. You know what I'm saying? I hate that we have to do that, but as narcissistic as the system is. They're never wrong. There's nothing you could say to them that will make them admit that, yeah, we were wrong all the time about this. Never. They will say, well, I think that someone misinterpreted along the way, and and we're going to correct that then. That's how they will put it. And you could take, in in Michigan, for example, all the guys that have been exonerated. I'm talking about from years ago. I ain't talking about these newer guys. That been exonerated this is what the prosecutor says this is the phrase that they use to prevent them from getting any real money she say this was on the news she said I'm not saying they didn't commit the crime I'm just saying we don't have enough evidence to keep them." so this mean that you were not you weren't outright exonerated right and Again, the system is so narcissistic, that's how they feel. They say, "I don't care if you've been exonerated, I still think you did the crime. We just don't got enough evidence to keep you."
1: Right. That's that's not a, that's that's that not admitting guilt part, you know? But that's it. so judge, jury, now executioner, right? Because at the end of the day, Carly caused a national panic, right? She caused a national panic. You know, uh, everything that ensued afterwards, people went on manhunts looking. People wanted who knows what what individuals were doing because of of what Carly did. So how how and what justifiable. Punishment should Carly what would it take for Carly to understand or should be accountable for what what should be coming down on her?
0: First of all, I already know they're going to make her pay for all of the law enforcement. Uh, the time that they, the, the time that she took from them from investigating other crimes that they never really investigate, you know. <laughs> they're going to make her pay for all of that time that she took from those police officers having to get on her case. They're going to make her pay for that. Mm. And besides that, man, I... And this is just me being honest, man. This this and I'm taking my emotions out of. It. I got to take my emotions out of cuz my emotions say, man, she need to sit there, man, and and suffer whatever consequences they got to give her. But mm. that's just my emotions, right? Because I'm thinking about the child, the children who are really missing. But being uh impartial and just because we must be impartial and just, especially when you're a social activist. You must be impartial and just. I would say, because we understand mental illness better today than we did yesterday, that they should make her have to work and pay off those the bills that she, uh, she uh, ran up for everybody trying to do the searches, all the law enforcement doing the searches. But other than that, I think that the state owe her some treatment.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Jail, no. Uh, public statement, absolutely. She owes a public apology. For me, I, I would have to get a, a sincere public apology from her. Um. To just just because, but. Uh, with that. Pops. No, Pops. What it was, it was the gator ring is the one that the feds took from me. So my father, he he, we also had a, a gator ring. My father had a gator ring that was an actual alligator that wrapped around your finger. And then he bit on his tongue or his tail. And that ring was one of the pieces of jewelry that when I caught my federal charge was taken off me and was never accounted for. By the time I got to the jail, nothing arrived with me. So That's a piece of (laughs) item that I just happened to because, again, all the jewelry that I had that was taken from me was custom made in some some aspects. So, you know, as I'm out in public, I just keep my eye open. You know, I know what my stuff
0: is. (laughs) You
1: know, you just can't help it. Again, this is the trauma. This is the PTSD of of people coming in my house and accusing me of the atrocities that they were accusing me of. Yet taking things and sticking them in our own pockets, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that, uh, that always leaves, uh, an impression. But with that being said, you guys, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Thank you guys for, for the, uh, the, the conversation and the chat. We love when you guys converse and back and forth and keep it going. Make sure that you guys hit the like button the subscribe button if you haven't thank you for all the follows and subscribes in the beginning thank you 88.5 for allowing us to grace your airwaves uh, coming home coalition great minds 5.0 project demetrius uh, you just a, a great co-host man I, I love having you on the show man i really look forward to thursday nights man in the show and uh thank everybody man for for guys what you do um. That's it, man. I'm I'm out for the night. D, what you got?
0: I, I just I'm, I'm I'm thankful, man. I'm thankful that when 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 you can find people that want to listen to you, speak your truth and your intelligence, and we not talking no gangster talk and selling dope and uh, crime stories. When you can find people that would take the time out of their day to listen to you, we have to be grateful, man. We we humble. And so I'm so humbled, man, because I tell my girlfriend this right now. I say in my life, in my lifetime, I want to be able to transform this type of format that we're on right now to a larger stage. That's that's one of my goals. I want to see this happen. I think that we have what it takes to make this happen in this criminal justice reform era. We have. What it takes to make this happen, to make, and I'm, and I'm going to say this too. We we can make a living off this, and we could hire people off what we're doing. So I'm humbled by this. I I, I love to see people interacting in the chat because it lets us know that you are actually mm-hmm. listening to what we saying because you're actually commenting on things that we say. And I'm going to say this to everyone. I'm going to ask you to share this with a friend. Share this with the friend Thursday night. Get right. Thomas free Thomas free me podcast. Share it with a friend because that's how we're going to stay doing this. That's how we're going to stay energized and motivated to do this type of stuff. So I want to say thank you to uh, Thomas free me coming home coalition Uh, All of these organizations out here, like my organization, Michigan Liberation and Nation Outside and so many other organizations out here putting this work in, trying to bring about a change in our community and the criminal justice system. And I want to leave you with this right here. Let us remember that just as Carly's mental illness came out in the manner that it did. We all suffer from some type of mental illness. It just doesn't come out in the same way. So therefore, we must not condemn someone for their mental illness because no one woke up this morning to say, I want to be mentally ill. Let's respect people's mental illness and seek the treatment necessary for them, but that's not give them a pass just because they're mentally ill. They still must be held responsible as much as possible for the behavior that they display, and with that, I'm going to say peace and love.
1: Amen. Uh, for those, join us Facebook. Trying to get me to Michigan, uh, Demetrius has announced that he'll he'll match all donations to get me up there. It's a very important thing to get me up there and speak. We're we're mapping it out. We're planning it out. Please follow us on Facebook for the latest. Uh, within the next couple of days, I'll be putting out probably about what we'll need to cover the cost. I'm looking to uh, fly out the 27th. I have a a meeting here here in Hillsborough County. I've been trying for the longest to to get on the Hillsborough County reentry board, and and I've succeed succeeded in doing that. And our first meeting is the 27th, so I'm looking to get out the 27th and stay up in Michigan for a couple of weeks because Timujin. Kinsu is also has a, a trial going on up there as well, and he needs uh, participants to be active in that as well, to sit in the courtroom, support Temujin. So Temujin Kinsu is a, an individual who's been incarcerated for 40-some-odd years. He has uh, some serious things going on with his case, so I'm going to be up there for that. So please join us on Facebook and be active with that and... We're out. Be safe. Be happy. Be love. Be your best self, man. We gone.